millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. On today's podcast, we welcome back Rove McManus as we share our thoughts on the finale for Doctor Who, Flux. My name is Justin Hamilton, and I think I might be a bit tall for a Suntaran here at Big Squid. Great to have you here today as we discuss not only the Doctor Who finale, but also speculate on where the series might go for Jodie Whittaker in her last few episodes to come. Look, you always have different favourites of uh, different versions of the Doctor. Sometimes it comes down to the performance. Sometimes it comes down to the adventures that are written for that version of the Doctor. But regardless... Regardless of your love for each version, it's always just a little bit sad to see each version preparing to leave. And look, personally, I would have liked to have had another season of Jodie, but it is not to be. She has finished her last official season. There's only a few episodes to go. And I guess we'll see what happens from here. Before we bring Rove in, a big thank you to everyone for all the great comments that you've sent me about our Dune episode yesterday. I've had a lot of great feedback from you, and I'm wrapped that you enjoyed our podcast so much. Uh, Interesting, not everyone has uh, really enjoyed the film as much as us. I think Alexi and Ben liked it a little bit more than me. I liked it a lot. I think they loved it. I really enjoyed it, like so I'm splitting hairs to a, a certain extent there. But some of you were left a little bit cold and some of you seem to have had some uh, interesting movie cinema experience. Uh, people can ruin a movie. <laughs> that is the roll of the dice when you go to the cinema. So uh, for those of you who maybe found that the audience was ruining your enjoyment, you should only go to the movies with Alexi, Ben and I. 
that's uh, that's that's my suggestion anyway. But uh, thank you for the great feedback on the podcast. Uh, I've had some uh, plans change slightly here, and that means I have something up my sleeve for you. And uh, you know what? I'll tell you about that next week. Aha, a little forward sell there. But uh, yeah, next week I'll tell you about some mild changes to what we're going to do for the end of the year. In the meantime, we have today's podcast and then we have a new Space Podacy episode on Thursday where Ben and I discuss Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I know, what a weird science fiction film, but it is definitely sci-fi, so keep your ears and eyes peeled out for that one. Uh, As you know, everyone who signs up to our Big Squid Patreon has an episode of this podcast dedicated to them, and today's shout-out goes to Anna Rakliefd. Have I got that right? Rakliefd? Is that correct, Anna? Uh, She is one of our most entertaining contributors to the podcast, I have to say. Uh, Over at our private Facebook page, Anna has been giving us reviews of movies from her son, who, if I have kept up with things correctly, Anna, I think your son turns nine on Friday. Is that correct? Happy birthday to him, if that is the case. So, Anna's been giving us reviews of uh, specifically Marvel films, so that has been a lot of fun. And she also has an ongoing discussion with uh, another listener, Sarah Bennett, about The Wheel of Time. And uh, I have not seen The Wheel of Time. I don't know if I will get to The Wheel of Time anytime soon, but I am definitely enjoying reading their back and forth about that. Uh, She's keeping me in the loop. That's essentially what Anna's doing. So I'm very grateful. Uh, Thanks for being a part of the Patreon. And uh, Anna, thank you very much for entertaining me with all your uh, recent movie experiences and thoughts. If you'd like access to scripts, extra podcasts and an episode dedicated to you, head over to the Patreon site and look up Big Squid Justin Hamilton and you'll find a tier that suits you. Right. Let's bring in Rove because the universe is falling apart. The enemies are everywhere. The Doctor is in all sorts of trouble. Is it all going to end in tears or is everything going to reset itself like nothing ever happened before? It's Doctor Who. You know where it's going. Let's bring in Rove so we can discuss Doctor Who flux. Peoples of the universe... The warriors of Sontar offer you hope. I am the head of human resistance against Sontaran occupation. And now we will ensure that the flux takes apart your entire universe. We have everything we need. You try to kill me right now. You have no escape. This was the first episode where I wondered if we did miss the extra episodes that were supposed to make up the season, but I still found a lot to like. There is a lot of bouncing back and forth between the time periods for the finale, so let's try to tackle them uh, at one time at the beginning with the Sontarans. So what I liked about the Sontaran story is that they appear to have become a credible threat by taking advantage of the Flux with a pretty tricky plan to wipe out their enemies, stop the Flux and take over the remains of the universe. How did you feel about the whole Sontaran plan? Exactly the same. I had a moment of going, have the Sontarans become a top three? You know, yes. you you would have always put Daleks, yeah. Cybermen, 
Yeah. And then maybe Weeping Angels. Um, but I, I thought, yeah, Sontarans have, have now jumped up to being one of the major franchise villains of, of Doctor Who. And, and yeah, I thought they, they worked really well. They've, it's not easy to make them a credible threat while also keeping some of the more lighthearted stuff that we've mm. grown to love with them over the years. But they, they weren't too goofy. Obviously, there was the chocolate bar scene, um, right. you know, with our delicious and appealing mouth snacks. Um, <laughs> so, uh, which I enjoyed more than the comedy of the uh, Himalayan uh, uh, fortune teller last week. Oh, yeah. Um, this one, this one. This one worked a bit better, but yeah, I, I thought uh, I thought it made sense. I really liked their plan and uh, the Doctor's thwarting of it to a certain extent. Yeah. So yeah, well done, well done, Sontarans, and what a great villain to have brought in from Episode One, pretty much. Yeah, um, and then just weave them through. They're just a really good uh, utility player when it when it comes to to how they can fit into these episodes. You don't really see the Sontarans going up against the Daleks and the Cybermen on a on a regular basis, do you? I'm sure there's big Finnish stories, or is there something I'm forgetting? But they um, feel like they're no, perfect for that. I don't think so. Yeah, I think you know I'd have to go back and look, but I'm sure that there are scenes where, like uh, in the um, the Big Bang, Pandorica opens doubleheader where. Sometimes it's just what suits do we have lying around because there's suddenly a Jadoon <laughs> yeah. and yeah. a Cyberman. It's like all the all the villains of the universe are locking the Doctor in, a, in an enormous cube and yeah. it almost just feels like, yeah, wh- what have we got? But as far as adventures go, no. It's like we've, we've seen the Daleks and the Cybermen go at it before, but um, to put the Sontarans in the mix, yeah, you know, suddenly, suddenly makes, um, makes them – Again, just a, a top tier villain now. Um, and geez, haven't we ha- all had a three fingered hand of uneasy alliance, uh, alliance before? So, nice you know, that I, line worked into the vernacular. <laughs> yeah, I um, look. I remember the '90s vaguely, uh, but that does seem yeah. to be a term that came up quite a bit. Uh, it, it, I think you're right that there's something tricky about the Sontarans in that you have to get their get them as a credible threat, but also their buffoonery is something that is a part of them as well and you can you can lean either side a, a, a bit too easily can't you yeah i think what played well is there were tiers of um i guess like military levels with yeah. uh with their status and ranks i suppose so as you worked your way down you had you know all the ones that were played by Dan Starkey i think there was three different credits he got for this one episode they were all the bumbling buffoon ones who were all played for for comedy as they were for um episode chapter two i think it was we had them uh in the crimean war so um yeah but then you've still got the the guy in charge is level-headed and is that you know military dictator role that that doesn't have the comedy in there there's lines like i do not have time for your delusional witherings which is just that sontar and speak where the comedy can come in through the dialogue but yeah. he's the character's not played for laughs and that's 
where I think in the past they had fallen over, where they just all became comedy characters. Yes. It's nice now that, uh, you know, to, to have that tonal shift, which to me would say if you were ever bringing them back, I'd be quite happy with it. Yeah, yeah, I'd be the same. I'd like to see them, you know, going to war with other villains as well. Uh, there was a moment, though, where, you know, where they had, uh, the, the, the Sontaran was giving the choice between death and death. I had a moment of going, is he going, is he going to be Eddie Izzard and suggest cake or death? <laughs> or oh, chocolate or death. I was chocolate thinking there death. might be a bit of chocolate or death. Um, Diane coming up with the plan of using the passenger to suck in the flux was uh, a great suggestion but I don't know if you were like me and wished we'd spent a bit more time with her because I like that she had learnt a lot while being trapped in the passenger but I wish we'd seen her learning some of these things before she put them into plan Yeah, there was a lot of tell don't show in this episode Mm. and just to quickly double back, like the Sontaran commander suddenly walking in and going, I killed all the, all of the Lupari. They're all dead. Every single yes. one of them gone. You are the last of your race. Lost its impact because it just came out of nowhere. There nowhere. was no suggestion it was going to happen. We didn't see it. Um, we hadn't really seen. We saw one other Lupari anyway. So yeah. that didn't, that resonated very little with me. Um, and similarly with, with the, the die thing, it was great to see her in this hardened battle warrior mode. It wasn't mm. quite explained why she was the last one left. Um, yeah. And really that to me only served to say when this passenger sucks in the remaining flux, there's nobody in there. So no one's being killed in, right. in this passenger prison die was the last one she's out it's an empty case yeah but um yeah i might a little bit of i don't know you fully expect to sort of i don't know she's ripped off the sleeves off one of her off a jacket and she's tied it around her like a you know headband and was looking a bit yeah. scarred and things like that because i'm not sure how long she's been in there for our, our timeline is just out of whack yeah so she only been in there for a couple of weeks does it feel like years to her um, this is when having a, a female actor makes it difficult because you can't do the beard thing as a passage of time indicator. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, she's picked up a lot, and uh, yeah, I think I think because of that, I was a little shocked that she just turned around to Dan and went, "Hey, this is all your fault because you were late picking me up." Oh man, that's if brutal. not for you. I wouldn't have been taken prisoner by these um, space ravages from another realm put into a prison that is defies the laws and space of the physics um, to the point where I have to survive and find my own way out with some intergalactic pilot. But uh, all that is your fault because if you had have got there when I asked you to five minutes earlier, none of this would have happened. So in your face, um, Dan. So that, but I get that. That's <laughs> what a br- brutal burn, though. What yeah. a great excuse. Um, well, also, I do also, get that's all just to have. Dan is now single and has no reason to stick around in Liverpool, so he can travel with the doctor. And as Di said at the end, well, not tomorrow, but I'm sure at some point she'll come back to him. But uh, yeah, again, it would have been nice to have seen more of her actively working all this stuff out at some point. 
Well, you know, for Dan, it's been quite a few years before he was meant to be on that date. So I feel like if they'd had a conversation where she sort of said, you know, I need a bit of time because I've been in there for six months and he sort of pushes back and says, I've been traveling the world for three years to get back to this point. Yeah. And, and then her saying, I just, I just need to settle and then I'll be open to dating again. Yeah, like, you, that's a good point. You would think, like, if you were Dan, Yaz has had this before. Yaz has had the doctor disappear for 12 months and then come back. Yeah. And Yaz was doing some full, you know, um, carrying Homeland stuff, sticking all the pictures on the board with the red wool going in between, looking yeah. for her. Um, and that was quite heartbreaking this time around when the doctors had this realisation of, oh, no, it's happened again. How long has it been? Well, Yaz has kind of been through this before. Dan's a first-timer. He's been kidnapped by a space dog, had his life threatened, been trapped in I don't know how many different times um, through history. And in this last one, it's taken him, yeah, two years, three years to get back. I would think when he finally gets back home, he's, the last thing he wants to do is head out with the doctor again. He's taken it very well. Yeah. Um, there was no anger or anything. Like, you said you would come back again. Do you know where the things we had, I'd kill a man and throw him overboard yeah. in a ship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I'd love to come. I'd, I'd love to come traveling with you. That'd be great. So yeah, yeah why he didn't fire back to to, uh, to die is is almost wow. What a what an admirable man he is. Yeah. Also, I would I almost would have preferred it if he'd said. I don't even really know who you are, Doctor, but I've spent three years with Yaz and she's now one of my best friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want to travel with you, but I'll travel with Yaz. Yeah. <laughs> I've known you for 20 yeah. minutes and you seem to be a little bit insane. Yeah. Uh, also, it's interesting <laughs> what you said about uh, Carvinista's race. I, I think if we'd seen a moment where the Sontarans had opened all the airlocks and expunged the the you know, those aliens out into the air and, like, it would have been brutal to watch and I know it's family entertainment, but if I'd seen that and I'd seen the Doctor's reaction to it, I think I would have been a lot better with her plan that wiped out the Daleks, the Sontarans and the Cybermen, right? Because then there's a motivation for it. She described... Yeah, she described the plan as, quote, risky. Oh, you know, mm. why don't we do this? No, no, I've got a plan. It's a little risky. And you go, mm. no, I wouldn't describe it as risky. I describe it as genocide three different ways. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, and it's like, yeah, that was that was pretty rough. But you could have, yeah, you could have had, while they were on the ship before it has crashed yeah. uh, into the Sontaran ship for them to be taken prisoner, you could have had a moment where, well, basically what it needed to be, I suppose, is that Carvanista was the one who, like, there's alarms going off to say that all the ships are being compromised and, you know, they can do some quick-thinking sonic work to stop it happening to theirs. But, you yeah. know, the doctor saying, I can only save our ship, I can't save them all. Yeah. And he is the one, he doesn't get, he doesn't get told about it, he is aware he has that moment where he's gone... Uh, and we don't have to see it, but he can just say, well, that means they've all been ejected into space. Yes. And then the doctor can have that moment with him. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But the fact that, yeah, he just, it just was told to him 
you know, his first reaction could be, that's an absolute line. Part of me thought that's where we're headed. It's all just a trap the the Sontarans made up. So it was it was a, a little piece of, um, you know, an a, a emotional heft that we lost, unfortunately. But yeah, uh, yeah, um, and I'm not sure the the reasoning for that. Oh, you know, the Sontarans taking over the ships, I suppose, is one thing. But now he's the last remaining of his, although he describes them as people. I was like, I don't know if I'd call them people. <laughs> right, right. Giant dog creatures. This is for yeah. my people. I'd say, this is more for my race than my yeah. than my people. I wouldn't describe a bipedal uh, canine as anything to do with people. But, yeah, um, yeah I, well, there, I hate to say it, but the idea of him being the last of his race is, is a nice character trait to have. It's just a shame that we didn't kind of get that that nice punch to the guts that it could have given us otherwise. Yeah, yeah, it feels like a missed opportunity. It also lends into one of my frustrations with all sorts of universal threat storytelling, which we see not only in Doctor Who, but we see in the DC universe, we see it in the Marvel universe, which is the lack of consequences after an event. Like, shouldn't Earth be in shock after this invasion? It's, it's like... Everyone should have some form of PTSD. Like, the whole world has been covered with these shields, with this being taken over by aliens, and there's been something heading towards us that's going to annihilate us, and it all gets solved, and everyone's just back at the museum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good point. Business as usual. Yeah. Dan's back being an impromptu tour guide. Yeah. Um, no more warnings. And yeah. Di's like, yeah, maybe we'll we'll head out tomorrow. Um, I don't quite feel like coffee tonight because, you know, the whole invasion of the world and me being taken prisoner inside some you know, um, dark side looking thing. Yeah. Uh, that's a very good point. Because I also had that thought of the – I, I'm putting it down to it's that big red button idea that Doctor Who does a lot. It's the, it's the reset button. But as far as I can tell, like the flux destroyed planets. We saw yeah. people congregating like ants on the last bit of floating driftwood in a flood just yeah. to the, the final planet that was left in the solar system, hoping to be taken by the ravages because to them that was hope and and freedom and safety yeah. because everything's gone so has does that mean all the planets that were destroyed along the way by the flux have have still been destroyed i have it in my head that i guess something's happened and there's some sort of reset of we stopped the flux therefore everything the flux destroyed has been reset and everything's back the way it was. I right. feel it's going to be hand waved in that way because, yeah, it was like we can't just stop the fucks. Like, what's what's the cleanup afterwards? Yes, and, you know, there's one planet left in the solar system. Do we still have a sun and a moon to you know keep the gravitational pull and heating of the planet, yeah. or is it all just Lupari ships and then nothing? Right. It's it's confusing, isn't it? I was so convinced that, you know, the Ood that's trapped in the headquarters of Division, uh, they had all those seed banks. And I thought, oh, well, that's obviously oh, yeah. being set up to the universe has been destroyed, but now the Ood can come back and reseed it with all of this stuff. But as far as I can tell, the Ood is still in the headquarters floating between universes. 
Mate, and let's not let's not take any points away from MVP of the flux is the Ood. This yes. random nameless Ood not only distracted Tectayun uh, for the doctor to do what she needed, also um, showed the doctor the map when she asked for it, answered all her questions to explain what the flux was and how it worked. Even in this episode, she's like, can you make this flux slightly smaller for me? Because I need this fixed. Ood did that as well. Mm. Ood sent her, um, or brought her in from being a weeping angel, then sent her back out again to go back to her universe, released Mm. her from the Division spaceship. That was all the Ood. The Doctor didn't do any of that. That was all old mate Ood. Plus, he made her what looked like a very tasty gin and tonic at some point. So. If I'm stuck anywhere, I want that guy yeah. uh, having my back because he was sensational. And I, I don't think he got the credit he deserved. He's just, as far as I know, he's still stuck out there. But good on him. He did a, he did a lot of heavy lifting. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and, and no respect. No no thumbs up for the U. No, no, oh, i got to go. But, hey, thanks for everything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was, uh, that was a big part of it too. It was like, yeah, it was like that was all um, – even again with the die thing, it would have been nice for, uh, like, die did what she needed to do to have some agency and like, hey, yeah, look, I've worked out that these cables here open up the the stairway to get out. You've mm. got a gun. Why don't we see put the two together and see if we can make an escape route? Then the doctor has to bring the TARDIS in to pull. Die and Vinda out of inside passenger. In doing so, she looks around and she goes, huh, interesting. And later on, it's the doctor that says, oh, you know what? Die can make a fleeting mention of passenger. All of this flux overflow in, that's perfect. Instead, Die just went, hey, why don't we do this? You know, yeah. where, you, you know where you could store that? Where I've been. So it yeah. wasn't the doctor's idea. A lot of what happened wasn't the doctors doing you know how a couple of weeks ago we were saying this long threaded thing that the doctor could say ha 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 the whole time you you think you've got me but you don't i've taken had myself taken prisoner by a weeping angel to get the information i needed to get myself to tech Tayun to set a trap for you swarm thought yeah. you set a trap for me on atropore to get the mori in and release all these little time Eddie things well ha 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 I flipped the table long con Dr. Wins it was not that at all it was you know the Ood fixing things then Dyer saying what about this um Kate Stewart held on to a TARDIS for what 30 years yeah yeah <laughs> maybe more 40 years since 1967 so yeah. uh, she's been lugging that around I don't know where the storage fees on that would be incredible I wonder oh, how oh. many TARDISes are just in unit at any given time from all the doctors coming in and out. I, I yeah. hope you number them. Um, so which which set of keys fits the lock on this one? You'd be like when you're in the car park and you don't yeah. know where you've parked your car at the shops and you have to hit the little whip, whip. Oh, that one's mine. That one's mine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that part of it too had me kind of going, yeah, right, okay. It would have been nicer to have the, the, the doctor have some of those um, uh, yeah, have a better plan in in place would have been nice. Yeah, it's it's one of my uh, consistent criticisms with the Chibnall era in that 
sometimes I feel like Jodie Whittaker's Doctor succeeds through everybody else, and I don't know if that is a conscious decision or, I, like, I don't know why, but it would be nice if just now and again it was all her plan and she's been playing the long con and she's put everyone into positions to make this, uh, you know, succeed. Mm. And especially because Jodie Whittaker is so good. Yes. Everything, the things I absolutely loved about this episode is like when everything from she takes over the um, uh, Carvinista's ship to crash it into the Sontaran uh, ship and mm. they're saying, you can't do that. And she goes, too late, sorry, and yeah. delivers it in that wonderful sort of, oh, sorry, uh, sort of way. The um, That whole scene where she's with the Grand Serpent playing the role of this is really painful, I'm being tortured, but at the same time I'm, I've am i got the upper hand on you yeah. as I'm the one interrogating you, and then goes into that playful, oh, here comes a version of me that I'm crushing on. Oh, you're cute. Yeah. Um, that worked really well because let's be honest, I'm sure if you saw another version of you, you too would probably just go, hello, everything's coming up hammo, a couple more of me would be all right. I finally have some... To- watch all of Nolan's movies over and over again with and, uh, you know, which Bowie album do you want to listen to? I don't know. It's your day. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have all the reasons why George Clooney's Batman with nipples was actually a very good Batman. It's a, it's a, a you know, a, a new version of the Adam West Batman. That's how you enjoy that film. <laughs> exactly. So um, so all that was was great. And I liked how we kind of ended up with a classic in a way multi, multiple multi doctor story yes um but the three doctors were not different incarnations it was the same face on three yeah. different in on three different versions so that worked for me even down there was a little reference to contact which is from the original 10th anniversary three doctors special yeah so that i really liked that idea of yeah who says a multi-doctor story can't be with all the the different doctors uh of the same one so i did think we were maybe going to end up with to get back to what you were saying before that the earth is left alone and so it gets sucked to one of the multiverses because we've opened up that door now yeah and everyone just goes through the rest of their lives happy that well the earth is still the earth that we know but what we don't understand is now we're the Earth is living in a completely different and renewed universe. Mm. But, um, yeah, that, it's interesting that that didn't happen. No. Um, so, yeah, wh- where we're left is, is anyone's guess at the moment. Yeah. And, you know, it's um, – I haven't had time to rewatch the whole thing, but do you remember if we'd learned that an influx of matter against antimatter would stop – the flux because no I mean, it, everyone seemed yeah. to know that <laughs> yeah right it was like because also when matter and antimatter do connect they just kind of cancel each other out and you know like it feels oh, like the flux uh, yeah. would still be coming i would assume i i took it i would have thought it would be like like poles on a magnet just repelling each other mm. um yeah i don't quite i, I yeah i was like you i just went uh okay <laughs> right yeah because if, yeah, if more if more than one character says it then i guess it must be true it must be true but the, it, the flux has come into uh contact with a lot of matter and it's destroyed it so then i couldn't eaten, quite understand the whole so it, it's i took it to be like that mr creosote character from monty python 
and the meaning of life. The, the enormous guy who comes into the restaurant and eats absolutely everything. Because <laughs> the Fox has eaten entire planets, entire yeah. solar systems, yet apparently a fleet of Dalek and Cybermen spaceships, it's too much. It just can't. Yeah. So that to me was the wafer-thin mint at the end of this enormous meal that made the flux explode like the, the enormous guy in Meaning of Life. I couldn't feel love figure I'll throw up. That's the flux. <laughs> okay, that makes Just sense. One little one little Dalek spaceship, it's a wafer thin. That's that was it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you know what? You've won me over. I'm um, I'm good with that. Um, Dan finally fetched his dog in Carvinista. Uh, yes. Quick question before we get into Carvinista. Was the whole journey to the uh, Great Wall of China, was that a mistake on their behalf or did that actually lead to them ending up in the right time period? Um. Well, yeah, because he never he never got them right. He never it no. was no. He come, looked and said, "I can't me. travel That's through right. time." Yeah, so it was them stumbling into the tunnels because they went to Liverpool. That's mm. right. So, um, so yes, that trek to the Great Wall of China was was completely pointless. Um, I did make the point of why did we have to trek in the early 1900s, which makes it very difficult to get around all the way to China. Mm. Um, as my wife pointed out, well, the Great Wall of China is one of the only things you can see from space, so that's the place to do it. Mm. But as I retorted, yeah, but in, in the 1900s, there's probably more space than there is now to find just a nice big – and they cleared like, – chopped down a whole bunch of trees mm. to clear the land. You could have just as easily done that in the middle of the Sahara Desert with – rocks or something again with the paint so yes to to answer your question yes it was an unnecessary trek they got to see the great wall so that's something that was great it looked good that's the main thing um (laughs) we all wanted to see the great wall of china so sure yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm good with that as well. The uh, Carvinista, I felt like um, there was a lot going on with the character. The He has something in his brain that will kill him if he talks about the past. He, a synaptic collider. Yes, which sounds nasty. And it does. Also the revelation that the Doctor and he were pals, you know, so that's been a, a difficult thing for him to deal with. And... I don't know. I felt like um, I felt like we needed an extra beat with Carvinista as well before we sent him off on adventures with Bell and Vinda because he's just had his whole race wiped out. He's just admitted that he's got this thing in his brain and he can't tell the Doctor that they used to be pals. Maybe, maybe even lovers. Who knows? And well, that was that was my first reaction because it was mine as well. Obviously, the term companion is very much a Doctor Whoism for the people that the doctor travels with yeah. because you can't say uh, and and you have to use that term because quite well, quite clearly in the Chibnall era it was a because they used to be called assistants back in the mm. day and then it became companions because it's less formal um, and and I guess demeaning and and in the Chibnall era very much we call them the fam they're mm. you know they're not they're they're, they're part of the uh, infrastructure and heart and soul of the TARDIS as much as the Doctor is when we're all travelling together. The problem is when she says to Carvinista, oh, we were more than just, you know, in the same assassin squad. Mm. How do you say we were friends 
we travel together without getting that importance and significance across. So you have to use the term companion as if to say, yeah, like Yaz, like Graham, like pick your poison, Sarah Jane, Rose. Mm. Carvanista was Mm. that for the Ruth Martin doctor. Yeah. Okay. Except when you use the term companion and it's done with that sort of emotional drop, I had a moment of like, whoa, 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 we were lovers? Is that yeah. what we're suggesting? Like like we're spooning together companions? Um, oh, he would, realized, oh no, at, he would have slept at the foot of the bed, right? <laughs> oh, and how annoying because he'd have to go around and around, uh, around. Like four times before he got comfortable. Oh, come on, come Oh, my God. And if it's been raining outside, the smell is awful. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, so I had a moment of like, whoa, where are we going with this? Yeah. Before realizing, oh, no, I think they just mean, yeah, he was, it was the equivalent of all these years later and it's Sarah Jane with um, the fourth Doctor or uh, Billy Piper and David Tennant, that idea mm. of, wow, imagine your mind has been wiped and uh, you – well, the doctor's mind has been wiped and you can't, you've got all this history with this person and, and you can't tell them any of it because if you do, something in your in your in inside your brain will kill you. It's really like, that is really quite impacting. Um, but yeah, it was just to get that across. You can imagine in Chibnall's head, he's like, what a great idea. And then he goes to type it out in script form and went, oh, how do I describe it? They were, well, would, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. I guess I say companion. Yeah. But is that going to get lost? I'm sure there was probably four or five different readings of that line using different terms. And then there was a focus group who went, this is the one that makes sense. But yeah, at first I had to go, oh, okay. Nice. A little (laughs) bit of woofy time. I'm fine with that. Why not? Uh yeah, it hit me in that sweet spot just behind my ears until my leg starts shaking. <laughs> that sonic screw, screwdriver would be perfect for digging into that part. But now, so does this mean we'll never get the answers from Carbonista? Well, I All guess the he's... info he has about the Doctor's history, we take him off the board as someone who can help her with this now. Right. Well, I guess the thing will still go off in his brain if he talks, right? Even though right, def- so... Could he not have told her that, like, in episode one? <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. I was having those moments. Also, uh, you know, I really love the characters of Belle and Vinder, you know, and the, the idea of them going off with Carvinista's great. But once again, the idea that they're just having a baby, I, I like, if they're not the parents, like, I don't need to meet the Doctor's parents, right? But mm. if they're just having a baby and it's just a baby... I don't want to be cruel, but who gives a shit? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they took up a lot of airtime and story time for two people who were just trying to find each other across the galaxy. I'm at a point where we're not at the finish line yet. I think you and I had discussed this earlier, what's going to be wrapped up. And we've got, a bit more meat on the bone with Division. Yes. I think maybe this is it for Division. We kind of understand all that we need to for Division. I still will get to it. What's in the watch, the Doctor's memories, all of that. I have a horrible feeling that I need to prepare myself for that's it, for Swarm and Azure. 
I loved them, but maybe that's it for them and tech pain. But we need something because if we wrapped it all up and then we have two more specials before we say goodbye to Jody, why would you come back? There still needs to be some sort of major storyline to wrap up. So I'm putting some of that down to, well, you know, I can see these characters coming back. I can see almost um, Avengers Endgame style. On one side, there's the Doctor, Carvanista, Yaz, Vinda, Bell, like everybody, Claire, the works are all there. And on the other side, there's Daleks, Cybermen, the Grand Serpent, the Master, uh, yeah. Swarm and Azure, like everybody on both sides as we have this epic battle for time with a capital T. Mm. So that's where I'm hoping we're headed. Yeah. And that might still, you know, the baby hasn't been born. To even go, oh, we're having a baby feels like, well, why did they need to be pregnant? Right. Unless... There has to like otherwise just hey I'm trying to find my my partner who I yeah. love. Um, there's enough emotion in that without going oh when they're having a baby. Yeah. Uh, I feel for characters that are just off to the side. So I'm not pinning my hopes, but I'm just leaving it out there that we're not done yet. Chris Chibnall yeah. and Jodie Whittaker have still got something up their sleeve story wise. Yeah. So maybe there's still a something to come, but as much as I don't want it to be, it's the doctor's parents or mm. it's the parents of the timeless child and the timeless child ends up being, I don't know, the master or something. Mm. I still go, I, I, I don't know what I want them to be, but I want them to be something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. I don't want it to be just a random space baby. But neither yeah. does it need to be they're the parents of the most important being that the universe has ever seen. So somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle, yeah. Is a happy, is a happy, is a happy space. Yeah. But it would be nice that there's a reason. It would be nice to have a reason. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I was so I was right in that sweet spot of not knowing how to feel about it. I and I think you're right. We might get more of them because also those characters were great. Like they were really yeah. impactful. Yeah, I feel like same thing with Claire with Di, as we were saying, they've all been so well written and mm. and so well fleshed out that um, I would like to think that there's more to them than just this run. And we've sent so many of them off into the world. I don't think it's just hey, here's a, here's a run of big Finnish audio, big Finnish audio dramas. Yes, mm. that will be part of the the um, uh, residual. Uh, effects that come with these characters now going off on their adventures. Yeah. However, they need that's not why they should be created. They should be created for the television show to have a reason yeah. there. And I still feel that there's a, a th- there would have to be a something because you otherwise wouldn't really need the Bell character. You could have Vinda and his connection is with the, uh, the, the Grand Serpent. Mm-hmm. So then what does the Bell character otherwise bring? Yes. Yeah. Apart from... You know, just some... otherwise to go, we've got a baby together. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you know, what, was Bell there just to show us that the rest of the universe is destroyed? That thing that seems to be fine now. 
<laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you could have just gone, well, it's open to interpretation. Instead, it's like, no, 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 we really have seen that, that there's nothing. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, something that, that, you know, she could have come in much later because there was, you know, she had, you know, at points, half the episode. And it was yeah. really interesting. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, again, I don't want to just suddenly be dismissive of, well, now I'm, I'm upset because that didn't amount to anything because I was enjoying the character. I mm. said like two, two weeks ago last week that I would watch an entire series with just the Belle character. I think she's really well written, well played. Yeah. yeah. But when, especially this episode, there was a lot we needed to get in and resolve. And that's when you start to look at, well, wait a minute, if we weren't really getting anywhere to have these answers, then maybe I could have done with less yeah. of the Bell character along along the way if that would have been given me something else to yeah. see the Doctor do or, or have a moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, uh, you know, the Vinder-Grand Serpent relationship was interesting. I did kind of find it delicious that the Grand Serpent had no idea who Vinder was. That somehow cemented yeah. the villainy that Vinder was unimportant to him and that that made he him was delicious one of, yeah he was one of just a, a sea of people that um i fire on a daily basis because they won't do my evil bidding yeah. and also what a great way of going you put your entire career on the line to take me down and i wasn't even it didn't even make a ripple for me yeah yeah you know no, I i'm not sitting that. there going vinda you're the one that exiled me it was like no 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 i i, I it doesn't I, it, I don't know who you are i've been off stopping unit over five decades i'm i've been busy who are you what oh okay. yeah yeah um yeah i like that i like that a lot yeah I I, interesting I, that you know if i had the power to make a flower-headed snake appear from someone's mouth i would do it when they're pointing a gun at me but, oh, um, absolutely you know because I didn't know. I don't think Vinda's got one of the psychic things in him like Kate Stewart has. But uh, good on him for allowing himself to be exiled to a small rock in the middle of nowhere. I thought that was a tasty uh, ending for him. But once again, uh, I, I like the Doctor being able to turn the tables on uh, on the Grand Serpent when she's being uh, tortured. But there was mm. once again there was. You know, the doctor points out that she notices two pulses and notices these yes. things about him. And then it just, so I don't know. I just kind of figured it, there was going to be a revelation that he was a uh, a time lord or the master or yeah, something like I, that. I, I was I was waiting for that too. That had me sort of, I started to get a bit, oh, you know, he's, is this one of, another one of the doctor's regenerations, but. You know, right. he's in that division mode of, yeah. Because, again, what what does the Doctor not want to know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, put a pin in that. But, the yeah, the Grand Serpent thing, for a moment I was like, is this another version of the Master? Before going, but I don't want that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 I don't want that. We've, we've got Sasha Dewan. That's fine. Yeah. We still haven't explained who the Ruth Martin Doctor is. I don't need another revelation of it was me all along or my real name is this. Yeah. I'm happy for the Grand Serpent to just be uh, an asshole with a great head of hair 
yeah. who um, <laughs> kills off poor Stevie. I don't know who Stevie was and what uh, Stevie knew was expected to know about Kate Stewart. But poor Stevie, who got the last credit on the credit roll. Oh, tough um, times for Stevie. Man, took a took a bullet for the planet. Did st- yeah, Steve, <laughs> St- Stevie gets a big finish for sure, right? It's like, where was, where'd you find Stevie? He looks like he was just hanging down at the local 7-Eleven trying to yeah. get the last of the chocolate bars off the Sontar and then you go, where's Kate Stewart? He's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Look at me. I'm just, Look. I don't have military garb on. What are you talking yeah. about, mate? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stevie. Pour one out for Stevie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I liked, I liked the, uh, the Grand Serpent just being another nice villain that we can bring back at yeah. some point. Yeah. Um, and he's fully formed. He's ready to go. We haven't properly seen him thwarted yet. And he's got an axe to grind, so that's that's good. He's out there, and and we can we can use that. Yeah, no, I'm keen to have him come back as well, as I am with Swarm and Azua, who have made some pretty compelling uh, villains, and uh, especially in this last one, you know, there was it felt like they were getting right to the edge of something really fascinating about to happen with them, and then I'd. I, I was kind of bummed out that time is a planet and a person that they mm. just comes down and sort of says, oh, you guys didn't succeed, wipes them out. As he's about to wipe them out, Swarm's like, Ascension. And I, I just, it that was just such a credible villain and threat. And then it was done. Yeah, I'm still, I don't want to be clinging to it. No, but I I am still the same as the Bell and Binder storyline. The first time we meet Swarm is in the Doctor's head. Yes, where he says, "Ha ha, I'm back. You don't remember me, do you?" So Swarm to me was this interesting character who is the master for the Ruth Martin Doctor or something like that. So we didn't get any of those answers and he's just been whisked away. Again, I don't think you would set that character up with all of that, ooh, you don't remember me, you don't remember me, if it wasn't for a reason. Mm. Because otherwise it's just quite frustrating when those questions don't get answered. He could just be, hey, I'm a bad guy who dresses well and his head looks like a crystal. And Mm. I would be so happy with that just to go, who are you? It's like the... the, uh, the Joker, I'm just like a dog chasing a car. I wouldn't even mm. know what to do if I caught it. Like, mm. there's so much behind these characters that if they didn't have some incredible backstory, they're still so compelling it wouldn't bother me. But if mm. you put that backstory in, yeah, well, I can't. Well, if the first time you meet this character, this character is saying, you don't know who I am, do you? Well, well, well. You better tell me who this character is at some point. Right. Um, so, again, I'm still wanting to know the answer. It was, it's very similar to when Stephen Moffat went through this phase of, well, the Doctor's called The Doctor, but that's the name The Doctor gave himself. He wasn't born The Doctor. So what is The Doctor's name? What is the actual name, the birth name of The Doctor? And it ran for like two seasons before then going, nah, it's whatever you want it to be. Or his name is the Doctor because that's really who he is. And right. you go, wait, what? No, that's not the answer to the question. 
So don't raise it if you're not going to answer it. Yeah. So I'm hoping that we have something with these characters again to bring back as big bads for Jodie Whittaker holds for me more than the Tim Shaw toothpaste guy. I yeah. really like these two. They've got status. Yeah. So to have them just kind of gone with a flick of a finger, I'm hoping much as we did last week with Tech Tayoon, that anyone who gets zapped out like that isn't necessarily gone straight away. Yeah, I'm hoping that as well. I, I would like to see a little bit more. I was enjoying probably the highlight of the episode was Azure and the Doctor having that conversation about their philosophies. And and I, yeah. I was like, oh, this is interesting. You know, you're saying, well, why, why should life exist? Like, what makes it that special compared to nothingness? And, I, you know, once again, I, I try to take into account that COVID truncated what they were doing and there's still specials to come, but I would like to have seen more of the philosophical underpinnings of these villains to really understand their motivation so then I could really enjoy a moment where if they are being wiped out they would see it as an ascension yeah yeah and I, I'm the same I thought that scene was a highlight and uh, Roshenda Sandal who plays Azure I loved her when she was in um, chapter one playing her in the human form in just her day-to-day with the the partner that she had where he couldn't find the I can't, whatever utensil it was and she was like oh it's in the dishwasher you always leave it in the dishwasher and she does this cute little eye roll mm. sort of thing there was just a beautiful piece of day-to-day but she played it so wonderfully mm. um as an actor I'm so pleased that she even under all the prosthetics had this moment to shine because she did as a little look away at one point where she just kind of darts her eyes off to the left. Um, like all these little moments that were just fantastic that had me gripped with everything that she had to say. Mm. Um, so, yeah, again, it was. it's a shame that then it would have been nice for them to have some sort of suggestion that, yeah, for us to to die and to become part of this time swarm is for us would be like yeah again being you're like a martyr yeah i get to die and go to the promised land yeah but to them it was like no we want to sit here and just watch we want to be the last ones standing so we are the ones who get to enjoy watching it all burn Mm. um so yeah i hadn't quite sort of got to that point of thinking that this to them would be a satisfactory outcome yeah so hopefully hopefully we do get to see them again because man they were so well crafted, so well created. They looked amazing, played yes. to perfection. Yes, it would be a shame just to think that's it for them. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree. I also want to go back to the illogical house. Like it was kind of a bummer yeah. that the doctor went there and we didn't go inside at all. It was like, now we can destroy it, and now we can build it again. Now we can destroy it. And it's like, wait a minute, you show me a house like that, I want to see the inside of it. I kind of want to know exactly, I want to get a glimpse of what it's housing, you know? And I felt like maybe we were going to see, you know, maybe that's where we were. We would have seen some of the doctors that we know, and then maybe we would have seen glimpses of the brain of Morbius doctors and, the, you yeah. know, Dr. Ruth. Well, again, the um, the idea that Swarm and Azure know, know what's in there because they know the Doctor and, and they know what memories have been wiped um, made me 
think that they should be more important than they are. And, mm. we'll, you know, that could still happen. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm trying to work. Well, firstly, I, I'm taking it that because they're doing this wonderful fast-forward, rewind, fast-forward, rewind as they play with time and just watch someone suffering over and over and over again, like Bart Simpson watching Ralph Wiggum's heartbreak in that episode <laughs> of The Simpsons for Valentine's Day, that... That they can, if they have the watch, they can sort of control, well, we're just going to leak just a little bit, just a little bit. Because yeah. every other time that the watch opens, boom, your memories come back. That's what happened yeah. to the, the the doctor. That's what's happened to the master. That's what happened to Ruth when she smashed her emergency glass thing. Yeah. It's like, boom, they're all just back. You don't just get a glimpse of another piece of the puzzle. You get the whole finished picture. Yeah. So... There's a lot of very deep fan theories about what the house could be. There's uh, a, a novel called uh, Lung Barrow, which is about the, the doctor's house that his family were in on Gallifrey that yes. were left behind. And there's a prevailing theory that that's what this is, but maybe, maybe not. Um, yeah, it's now, for me, if I'm the doctor... Why do you not want to know? I I now want to know what the secrets are. You know, I'm trying to think. What's her hesitation now for no for not wanting to know? She's finally got the power to know. Apart from well, we still have three specials to go. But in her character, why do you not? The moment you get them, it's like someone knows something good or bad. Tell me what it is, because mm. I want I want to know. You've got to tell me. I, I can't keep this secret anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, who hasn't had a big night where you don't remember what happened the night before and everyone's like, oh, my God, if you only knew. <laughs> you don't go, oh, well, you know what? Don't tell me. I'd rather I never, <laughs> ever know. You, just, you, you do kind of need to know. I Yeah. That part after so long, I'm like, okay. And I can't think of what it is. What what You're talking to a character who is very aware of the fact that she blew up her own planet. Yeah. She blew it up. Uh, and that was the ninth doctor's cross to bear that became the, you know, and the war doctor. Um, and that hasn't been redone because the whole idea was, no, you need to carry that weight with you and Gallifrey's yeah. hidden, but you'll just never know. Like, it's not like the doctor would be going, oh, I went around and killed a whole bunch of people for division. He just wiped out Sontarans, Daleks, and Cybermen. Mm. Like this is – and whether it's, oh, well, I killed all the nice people, is that something that the character of the doctor would want to hide and not know or would prefer to know and rectify and do the right thing? I, so I'm trying to work out why do you not want to know? What do you think it is? Because I can't think of it. I don't know what they've got up their sleeve to have me go, oh, my goodness. Because at this point, I'm like, well, either she was a hide assassin, which is the assumption. Yeah. And okay. But then now you've done good things and you've you've redeemed yourself. Or question mark? Like yeah. What? Well, you know, you're not from Gallifrey. Okay. Whatever it might be. Um I can't. I can't seem to work it out. So I don't know why the doctor wouldn't want to go. Like what? What is in there that is so distressing? You don't want to ever, ever, possibly know. 
These are the little, once again, the uh, character beats that often go missing in these types of uh, sci-fi shows and movies, etc. Like, we could have really had a point where we could have just had a little beat where the Doctor is exhausted and Carvinista sits next to her and he says, are you okay? And she says, I know we won, but in the end I did wipe out three races to make certain that we uh, achieved this victory. And you could have had Carvinista say, well, you've done worse. And then you get to the, <laughs> then you get to the final scene and then she suddenly is like, you know what, I'm I'm exhausted. I'm not ready for this, so I'm gonna put this in here until I'm ready for it. You know, so then so then there's yeah. just a logical beat. Or in that wonderful scene with her and Yaz, which just very quickly, I totally thought they were going to kiss. I thought I the same thought, thing. I went, This is the thing. My big what is up their sleeve? They've got yeah. something up their sleeve. A yeah. character's going to walk out that we weren't yeah. expecting. Christopher yeah. Eccleston is back. Whatever it might be. It was like at that time I went, oh, my God. Or Yaz kisses the doctor, so it's not sort of, you know, pushed one way. Mm. Um, it, you know, it's more it, it's more justifiable and something that people who, who will rally against it can have in their defense is not, no, no, Yaz kissed her. Mm. But I thought that's the oh my god moment. Mm. That's what I really, really thought was going to happen. So it didn't, which is mildly disappointing. But who knows? Again, we're not done. Um, but I could have had in that moment when the doctor's like, "Here, I'm laying it all out on the table. Here's what here's what I've been told. In a nutshell, there's a big part of my life that has been erased from my memory, and I'm trying to track it down." They say it's in this watch. I don't know what it is. It could be some horrible, horrible things, and I'm not sure. And Yaz can say, well, I know who you are. I don't need to know what's in that watch. You will always be the doctor to me, the kind, brave hero who saves the day, you know, loves her friends, wants to just do the right thing and makes this universe a safer and better place. Chuck it out. Who needs it? And the doctor says, you know what? You're right. And then as Yaz gets called out by Dan... The doctor goes to get rid of it, but then does a bit of, oh, no, just, I'll put it in here for later type of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Just to give, you know, a, a, another sort of, just a, a justification for yeah, it. Because I feel yeah. like the doctor would just leap straight in. Yeah, yeah. I felt like it, it needed something along those lines. Um, yeah. Uh, the uh, A few more so questions. Do, what do you think? What would you think? What do you think it is? Like, what do you think is the big like reveal of of what it could be like in a general sense you don't have to, it doesn't have to be specifically oh she's this character from another planet or something but it's like well it's either something bad or something impacting but i can't sort of see at this point i think whatever it is i'll just kind of go okay yeah like I feel like it's been maybe built up a bit too big now so like i'm i'm not going to be into it if like I, if 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 the doctors had hundreds of lives, that's that's too much. <laughs> I don't need it to be yes. that much. But you know what what number would I be like happy with and intrigued by? 
15? I don't know. <laughs> and uh, but it's and also... again, so this was this was at a time, and I realise we can time travel, so there's mm. there's a lot of that to sort of put into it. But Carvanista was with her at some point. So how yeah. long ago was that? And when you're dealing with a time traveller, but the problem is it has to be within the doctor's frame because yeah. she's the one who, if David Tennant was to meet Colin Baker, Colin Baker would go, who are you? And David Tennant would go, oh, I know you. Yeah. So when you've got both of them going, well, I don't understand. There, there's still a timeline that the doctor has to follow. Yes, yes. she can go find, you know, Jodie Whittaker can fly back in time on another planet and make friends with an alien blob creature who then becomes her companion and goes all around the universe and they have adventures similar to Carvanista and then goes back. But at some point that falls into the doctor's timeline where you go, but this version of her played by joe martin was at some point either further back in time or further forward in time and either way that's thousands upon thousands of years yeah and that's the part that's that's hard for me to wrap my head around yeah you know i don't know like do you try and reconcile the valyard and uh and stuff like that as well like is that is that from a previous timeline before well, the see, William Hartnell? Things like, things like the Valyard, which is the, oh, I am the future you from between your penultimate and final regeneration, mm. um, is fine when, well, we're at number six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah this, is, this is where a show that's nearly 60 years old falls into the problem of you can't get too caught up in, well, apparently this generation and that generation, and they're only allowed this many, and it just starts to sort of, if you pick at it, it falls apart. You go, well, yeah, because when they started, it was three years in, and then suddenly they just went, oh, now what do we do? Mm. You know, when they replaced uh, Patrick Troughton with William Hartnell, they didn't even really have an answer for it. It was right. something to do with the TARDIS? Shrug. Yeah. So, so yeah. There's uh, what the explanation is will be something that Chris Chibnall has just come up with, um, but where it slots into everything is, I just, I don't want to be that guy, but I just want to know that there's uh, there's an end point here. We do, we, you know, everything that we've set up is for a reason, and that reason will be made clear. Yeah, I hope so as well. Otherwise, it's, uh, you know, like like many of the great Doctor Who stories, it just kind of doesn't come to an ending point. It just kind of fades and the storyline yeah. just kind of ends that way. Uh, just a couple of quick questions to fall, uh, to finish up with you. Um, did you, were you happy with the explanation of Williamson and the caves? I, I felt a little bit sorry for him that he spends his life creating this place for people to be safe. And the doctor says, you've done your job. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for everything you've done, Mad Mole. What yeah. a wonderful way to introduce yourself to someone. Oh, we all call you the Mad Mole when you're not listening. Yeah. Um, look, it did give us one of my favourite lines for the episode, which was, Madam, who are you and what are you doing in my tunnels? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I suppose, uh, you know, a great – another example of, look, an interesting figure from history that they've worked into the stories. Um, I don't know that he was – maybe given his due towards the end of how much he saved the day. 
Um, but the idea of, hey, get yourself to safety makes sense. But yeah. there was just so much going on. It was a little bit of, look, he can he can go. He's fine. It's been a pleasure, sir. In another time and place, maybe we could have got a bit more out of you. But right now, you're not my priority. So I'm happy for you just to, to say goodbye. But it was really nicely played, I thought, too. And a fun little character we had in the mix. Yeah. What about uh, the death of uh, Professor Jericho? How did you feel about that? Um, it was slightly sad because it wasn't done in a heroic way. He didn't give up his life to save Claire. It wasn't like, oh, one of the rings is broken, mm. for example. Mm. There's only one now. What, what do we do? And he says, you take it. You're, you know, you've got so much more to give, whatever his reasons. His death was, whoops, I yeah. found myself in a predicament that I can't get out of. Oh, well, goodbye, everybody. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the um, his line about the, yeah, you know, it was a, a wonderful adventure was very sweet. Yeah. But, um, yeah, a bit of a, a sad one, unfortunately. Um so, yeah, it would have been uh, nicer to give him a more heroic send-off than, yeah, I just, it's like, you know, when Adric died, as everyone talks about the, the companion Adric dying, yeah. who was uh, on a spaceship that crash-landed into Earth. It's not like he did that to save the day. It was because he couldn't stop the spaceship from crash-landing yeah. into Earth. Yeah. He put in these coordinates and was like, hopefully this will stop it from happening. And it, he didn't do it in time. So it was kind of a bit of a, 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 bit of a sad and pathetic way to go in many yeah. respects, which is, why we, which is why we all like to make fun of it. Yeah, no. But, uh, yeah, the Jericho one was, it was, yeah, it was, it, it, it could have been done again with a bit more um, emotional heft behind it of him sacrificing himself yeah. for Claire rather than, whoops, you, you, uh, you have to, I've been left behind and I can't get out of here. Yeah, I agree totally. I, I, felt, I was a bit bummed out. I, I would have liked to have given his death a little bit more agency. What about Claire and her amazing psychic powers? Does Claire come back? I would, I would hope so. One thing I hadn't thought about last week, yeah, I only sort of thought about it leading up to the episode because we're sort of looking back more than necessarily looking forward. It wasn't until we were coming into this week that I went, oh, we could lose any one of these characters. Like, there's a, yeah. there's a, we should have almost had a prediction of who's, who's not going to make it out alive. Um, so Claire is one of those ones, and you know, and who do you think will stay? To the point where. You know, maybe Russell T. Davies says, hey, this is a fun character. You've given me something to work with. And they're, they're kept around to sort of roll on into the future. I think Claire could be one of those, for sure. Yeah. She's one of those ones that the Doctor could drop back in and see from time to time. I'd like to see a bit more of that. Like, yeah. if Chibnall was sticking around, he's put so many wonderful new characters out there, like Stephen Moffat had with the Paternoster gang. It'd be really great to sort of go, yeah, there's, you don't need to have a steady companion. You yeah. could just jump in and out of all these different people that the Doctor has met over all these different adventures. And Claire's definitely one of them. I would love to just see a moment where maybe it's, um, you know, maybe it's the new Doctor and the adventure begins with she's having a cup of tea with Graham. And, uh, yes. Oh, so, you know. TARDIS is calling. What do you think? And he's like, no, 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 no. I've had my time. Uh, you know, 
come back and visit soon, you know, or yeah. just, just touching base with people feels like something that the doctor would do. Yeah, just, yeah, just come and catch up. Yeah, it's not like I, I need help stopping some, you know, giant monster from destroying the earth. Yeah. It's just, yeah, just checking in, see how you are. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll see Claire now works for unit is is a yeah. possibility with her and kate there at the end next time we we catch up units back and yeah they've got a, a, a yeah i guess a, a psychic for one of a better term uh in the mix is, is a great thing i've got to tell you that i thought when that sontaran was trying his best to get diabetes i thought for a moment <laughs> that it was going to transform and it was going to be the zygote osgood yeah, right. Because, yeah, I feel like there was a, a scene with Zygons similarly sort of in a supermarket. But yeah. also, how has that not come up before? How has that not been one of the great defences that Earth uses against anything that comes? I know in, like, War of the Worlds, it's like the common cold kills yeah. people from outer space. But what about the idea of all the horrible processed food that we give ourselves? <laughs> Onset diabetes. Why don't we just go, hey... <laughs> The planet is yours. Here's the food we eat. And you just give them, yeah, chocolate and deep fried processed food and just watch them slowly either explode or yeah. have, die from heart disease and diabetes. Yeah. I don't know why it hasn't come up before. No, it's uh, running around whacking Sontarans on the back of the head with woks. Yeah. It we- could have been. You know, we, doing all sorts of things. We don't. We don't need shoes, mate. We just need Seven Elevens on the on the way here, so that'll be fine. <laughs> we, need, we need we need fifteen million Happy Meals. Yeah, we'll sort all of this out. Um, it was good seeing Kate Stewart back. Do we? Do you reckon we get more unit now? I think we do. I think yeah. it's. Uh, I think it's okay to have unit. I don't see. Yeah. I feel like unit was taken away because. We're on Earth so much with all this you know, alien invasion stuff. The idea that, well, why wouldn't the Doctor use UNIT? Or why wouldn't UNIT be doing this so that saving us so the Doctor isn't required? Yeah. Um, I think it's just helpful to have UNIT in the wings if yeah. need be. They can just, like um, uh, James Bond's Q, that kind yeah. of, hey, we're over here if you need us. We've got some tech if you need yeah. it that means... You're not having to rely on the sonic screwdriver, and now apparently he's able to freeze people in mm. in their their shoes. Yeah. Um, okay, but uh, maybe that's where the doctor could get some gadgets, or you know, how's an alien that she's captured or something. Um, but I, I would like to see unit back. I think that there's definite benefits to that. Yeah. Uh, is the TARDIS still falling apart, or is the TARDIS okay? As far as I could tell, we still have goo everywhere. The yeah. the crystal the big crystal protrusions are still covered in goo. Yeah. Um time is is as in capital T time, the entity time is now back in control of the Mori on Adrapur is what I'm getting the impression. In, yeah. Which means the flux is done and that's what had broken the TARDIS. But I don't know that that yeah I don't know you know this is part of it maybe whatever we head into in the next uh, New Year's special which is only a couple of weeks away let's yeah. remember that is uh, so the idea of the storyline continuing is perfectly feasible you're not asking people to wait six months or something that maybe it's the cleanup from what happened in the flux and part of that would be 
um, the TARDIS as well. I mean, you know, the doors are all back to normal, but yeah, whether whether it is is a good question. Yeah, unless she just picked up a different TARDIS from her future incarnation that was left with Kate. In the yeah. I'll take this one. This one seems to be doing all right. Uh, will we ever yeah. see or discover who the other operatives in the Doctor's team of Division were? Because that felt like it was going to be something. Th- I'm starting to think it's not important. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm starting, starting to think, to think that too. It's just, it's just about Carvinista and the other two are just random faces. Yeah, I'm feeling that too. Uh, and the most important question I'll ask you is, does Dan remember to buy his mum a new wok? <laughs> Dan doesn't seem to care too much about his folks, his nah. very young parents um, for his age. But, yeah, the fact that, well, Di doesn't want to go on a date for me, therefore there's nothing left for me here. I'll just fly off. I don't know if he's checked in with mum and dad yeah. um, to make sure that they survived the rest of the Sontaran invasion that was still going on. Um, and, you know, the fact that he had disappeared for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I was honestly – thinking that they were going to come in at some point towards the end to sort of fill out our team of, of rescuers. Yeah. Um, or that the walk at the very least, the walk would come back. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, I hope mum and dad have been okay without, without their walk because yeah, I don't know where he's left it, but not only can they not defend themselves against Sontarans, they cannot make stir fry. Yeah. It's a disaster. He is a terrible son. You know, and that was Chekhov's walk. It felt like it should have uh, been brought back in some way. Uh, so where Absolutely. do you think we go from here for the next episode? Well, it seems where we have uh, – how was it described by time? It was something to do with um, uh, that – oh, yeah, uh, beware the forces that mass against you and their master – I do think Sasha Dewan comes back at some point. We have to have the, the next showdown between the Doctor and the Master. Um, I feel like there's – because also the Master is the one who opened this whole Pandora's box of the Timeless yeah. Child anyway. Yeah. So I feel there is the Master and the Doctor and, again, just flanked by, well, here's who I brought with me and here's who I brought with me. Let's see how – my team of good guys, one of which who looks like a dog, and yes, you're right, the other one is carrying a wok, takes on you and your hideous uh, snake-vomiting, crystal-headed cohorts, um, maybe with a sprinkling of Daleks and Cybermen and everyone else in between. Um, But I feel that whether it's for Christmas or the Jody... um, because uh, I think there's three. There's yeah, I New think there's Year's, three too. Yeah, there's an Easter one, and then there's the BBC centenary special, which has yeah. the regeneration in it. Um, and between now and then, at some point, we'll get an announcement of a new Doctor. So yeah. for now, I have to also just wrap my head around this is it for Jody. This this speech by the Time character saying that not every ge- regeneration or life lasts forever was was the i've been so caught up in the story i keep forgetting yeah we're we're losing a doctor as always that happens and um it feels very much similar to um david tennant getting his uh farewell speech from from the ood and saying you can't hide from this her super villain but yeah. him flanked by swarm and azure would be a, a pretty climactic ending that i would be very happy to see yeah 
Yeah, I'm look. I'm still uh, keen for the next few episodes. It didn't wrap up quite enough for me, but yeah, I still enjoyed it. Uh, I still think this season has been by far uh, Chibnall and uh, Whitaker's best. So, uh, yeah. you know, fi- final thoughts. We'll wait until we see these next few episodes, which I'm guessing probably would have normally been at the. You know, we'd we'd still have them to go. Yes. Well, initially this was yeah, meant to be an eight-story run. COVID pushed that down to six, yeah. which says to me the next two specials that we get are part of that continuing yeah. storyline, Yeah. Um, threaded threaded through whatever major other stories they have to just be a one-off New Year's special and Easter special. And then we get what will be your classic regeneration episode, maybe like Capaldi had, which was mm. his major story wrapped up. He was all done. He said farewell to his companion. We thought he was going to regenerate. And then there was this one last little epilogue story mm. of him gallivanting around with his first incarnation. So I'm feeling that maybe that's what we'll get. And maybe it's Jody and um, Ruth Martin's doctor on a double header adventure yeah. together um, with all our secrets revealed and it's the two of them going out to, to kick some ass before we regenerate. It will be very exciting. Yeah, I hope so. I'm, I like that as an idea a lot. Uh, thank you for helping me unpack this over the last six weeks. And I'm guessing we'll, we'll reconvene early in the new year to talk about the, uh, the Christmas special and uh, prepare ourselves for those last two. Absolutely. Your obsequious congratulations are noted. you to Rove, not just for today's episode, but for all the work he's contributed here over the year. We really enjoyed discussing some of the uh, Marvel TV shows together and ripping into uh, this season of The Doctor was just the best. And I'm guessing we will reconvene early in the new year to discuss the last few adventures of Jodie Whittaker's version of everyone's favourite Gallifreyan. Uh, who knows what's quite happening with holidays. Rove will be doing family stuff. I'm going to be trying to get back to Adelaide to do some family uh, time. So uh, I think our next Doctor Who episode might be a few weeks after it has aired. But uh, we will definitely... Uh, catch up we will definitely discuss it and we will uh, record it and share it with you so it won't be just after the episode but it will definitely happen some point in january a big thank you also to anna rackleft as our patreon subscriber for the episode and anna if i got it right i know i mentioned it before i hope the little fella has a fun birthday over the weekend remember if you'd like to join us on the patreon head over to the site and see which tier suits you if subscribing is a bit too much at this time of the year and i totally get that How about leaving us a top review over at Apple Podcasts or recommend us to any friends you think might appreciate the work we create over here? Let's finish with a quote from returning Doctor Who writer Russell T. Davies, who said, I would rather be confused for 10 minutes than be bored for five seconds. Uh, I really relate to that. You know the stuff I like. Of course I relate to that. I'll be back on Thursday. Until then.
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.